what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is the CEO Senior, a.k.a. WWE Superstar, Greg Miller. I'd Mubarak to all our Muslim kind of funny best friends. How are you, Blessing? I'm doing good this morning. How are you doing, Greg? I'm good. How's that Wendy's coffee treating you? It was too hot when we first started the It day. was very hot. It burned the outside of my mouth and like the, the outside. Part of my the outside. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it's like it's the, all the, over your face. Face. The entryway of my mouth. The entryway. You know what I mean? How's that coffee treating you? Your lips. Like, it burnt my lips. The, like, but like the inner lips, but like not all the way inside of my lips. You know what I mean? The inner lips, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the rim. The inner rim of your lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my coffee's doing well. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it's from the pot that we made this morning. So it's like below room temperature, but I'll drink coffee any time of day, any temperature. I don't like hot coffee. No? I want it to come down. I, I don't like hot stuff. Really? Like, I like hot tasting. Like I like Tabasco sauce, but I don't like hot. What about like, like hot cocoa? Coffee. Even then I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it sit. It'll it's gotta come down warm. a bit. It's gotta come down a bit. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I don't wanna burn my tongue. I mean I that's food fair. to eat. I but got also food I feel to like it's worth it. Like I feel like that's part of the joy is that there's a little risk in enjoying something. That's the risk. There's <laughs> a little risk. You might, might burn, burn your, your tongue. All right. Yeah, sure. Cocoa. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. You this live is, for the thrill. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is our third day hosting together. KFG. Really? I feel like we don't, we don't have need to have weeks where it's like it's all Tim and all blessing Greg yeah, for no. a week straight. Oops, all blessing Greg. All got what I do to the schedule. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been real good. It's been good to see you, you know? No Janet in between us. That's usually the problem over on PS. I love you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have FTC stuff. Oh, us. wow. Well, at least it's different. <laughs> at least it's not three <laughs> days of the FTC. same drip feed yeah. of trial news. Ladies and gentlemen, today's stories include a bombshell email from Jim Ryan. Uh, Xbox could have acquired Square Enix and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kinda Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you, a new uh, Kind of Funny Games cast is up over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We talk about what, Greg? AEW, Fight Forever, and some Final Fantasy game on it. Some Final Fantasy yeah, game. Yeah, but more importantly, wrestling. Yeah. Go, uh, go over to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games for that. Of course, we do have a review roundup, and I'm very excited to ask you questions because I have no idea what your thoughts are. Oh, on good. Time. Excellent. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, and then over on Patreon, new kind of feudy is up uh, where I ask the guys, name a game with a time loop mechanic, a system, a feature. I still don't know which one is the right word I should use. Mechanic there. is the right word. Mechanic. Whatever word you picked was fine. All right. All right. And I say that because you're a benevolent host. I appreciate it. You're a good it. host of that. And of course, I was the champion. You I mean, spoilers I mean? for the episode. I don't, well, people I might mean, not I have gotten into it yet. It I just mean, came I, out this morning, you know? Yeah, I know. If you would let me finish the sentence. Oh, you say I was the champion oh, when yeah, the show yeah. started. And so yeah. I know a lot of people are like, would Greg be the champion? You goddamn right you would be. I was going to spoil it. I don't fucking care. You all know you're watching Kind of Beauty because it's a fantastic show on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. So come over and see that I can't fucking be stopped. Andy is nothing but a goddamn worm crawling out of the ground to get some of my spittle that he thinks is rain because he's a stupid <laughs> one-cell worm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tim likes to come in, pretender to the throne, go buy a bomber jacket, you son of a bitch. I don't know what she sees in you. I'm the champ. I don't think worms are single-cell organisms. I think they have more than one cell. Well, you know, I have a trophy, so... Single-cell worm is what you call them. You know, Andy's a different kind of worm, all right? You're thinking of an earthworm, of course. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Andy's a single-cell worm. One of the one-cell worms. Yeah. Thank you to our Patreon producers, uh, Casey Andrew, Delaney Twining, and James Hastings. Steer brought to you by BetterHelp, but we'll tell you about all that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Sony's PlayStation's chief, 
privately said Microsoft's Activision deal wasn't about Xbox exclusives. This is Tom Warren at The Verge. Again, as we've been talking about for the last week, right? The Xbox FTC trial has been going on. People like Phil Spencer, Jim Ryan, and more have been stating their case on why or why not Xbox should be allowed to, act to acquire Activision. And it's Blizzard. strictly all about Call of Duty. Yes. That's the thing. That's the Call fear. of Duty is the, yes, is the big fear. It's the big asset here of do you get Call of Duty exclusivity? Actually, no, it is not. Because <gasps> here, Tom Warren from The Verge writes, we're only minutes into the FTC versus Microsoft hearing, or FTC v Microsoft is legal talk, uh, hearing, and we've already had a bombshell revelation. Sony's PlayStation chief, Jim Ryan, believed that Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard wasn't about locking games as Xbox exclusives. According to a newly unsealed email, Microsoft counsel revealed the exchange between Ryan and Chris Deering, former CEO of Sony Computer Entertainment, discussing the announcement of the deal last year. Now, this story started off last week at the beginning of the FTC hearing as Jim Ryan, as people have been talking about this sealed email. And we even had comments of Jim Ryan talking about, yeah, like um, Xbox is going to put Call of Duty on PlayStation no matter what, right? Because that's yeah. not what this is about. Now we finally have the full email. And Greg, full email, very juicy stuff. Oh, very juicy stuff. Are you ready to hear it? Yeah. Um, so this comes courtesy from Tom Warren at The Verge, where he tweeted out, here's the bombshell Jim Ryan email about Xbox ex exclusivity with Chris Deering, who says Microsoft would have been better off announcing an electric car than buying Activision. Damn. We then open up the email with very small font, so I got to lean in. What's on the big screen, too, if you want there? Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Uh, so this is Jim Ryan, right? It's not an Xbox exclusivity play at all. Uh, they're thinking bigger than that, and they have they have the cash to make moves like this. I spent a fair bit of time with both Phil and Bobby over the past day. I'm pretty sure we will continue to see COD on PlayStation for many years to come. We have uh, some good stuff cooking. Keep your eyes peeled. I'm not complacent, and I'd rather this hadn't happened, but we'll be okay. More than okay. More than okay. And then Chris Deering replies to Jim Ryan and says, Phil Spencer was in CNBC saying that the acquisition would cement uh, Microsoft as a player in mobile games strikes me strikes me more as a, uh, strikes me as more of a king play than COD. But King sold to Bobby for five billion dollars and has now grown to be worth fifty billion euros. Uh, if it was an Xbox exclusivity play, Spencer could have locked up Microsoft console exclusivity for the next three COD releases for maybe five billion euros. Uh, then, as we scroll down, uh, the major cash out will lure most of the talent to take the money and run as fast as their contracts will allow, leaving Microsoft with a very gnarly management challenge. I bet Eve's is smiling like the Cheshire cat. If this was a play, you see, is that what he's talking about? I here? assume so. God, uh, if this was a play to end uh, run uh, PS5, etc., I think it was a massively overvalued and will not meaningfully succeed. I guess Microsoft can piss away that kind of valuation without being more harmed than helped. But I am not losing a wink of sleep over the future of our baby. <laughs> Hope you agree. Cheers, Chris. P.S. They would they would have been better off announcing a new electric car. What do we do with this information, Greg? The same thing we sh we've been doing with everything about this for so long. You just go, oh, surprise. It wasn't about what they've said it's about. It's just the people saying what they need to say to try to stop the competitor from doing the thing that they would easily and gladly do if they had the chance in the capital, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to here. This is an unexpected, right? You get to it. It's like more about mobile stuff than it is about Call of Duty stuff. The electric car is a great burn. It's just funny. It's always like... I don't feel sorry or anything like that, but it, I, we talked about this a little bit yesterday of how weird it feels to read these emails. Oh yeah, I'm just like yeah. Oh, like man. when when this person when Chris Deering here hit send on this email, he didn't think the world would be, would be reading it. Yeah, right. And like in the in the privacy of your own one on one DM with Jim Ryan, cool. Like you know, I I I. It's not like he's saying some fucking crazy shit or like he's like I don't know like gossiping about their own employees or something right he's just making a crack about them being able to announce an electric car and that would been and that would have been a better thing um the, the thing about him calling playstation their baby though i think is also very yeah, funny. funny i like that um, i'm glad yeah. they care about it i'm glad they caught their baby but yeah like we're 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 seeing things we're not supposed to see it's very entertaining but also it's very telling i think the thing here is the question of does this shut the whole thing down on the playstation side right does this is this the argument that xbox holds on to as see even playstation doesn't believe that this is a big deal right we're gonna acquire like us acquiring activision blizzard isn't gonna shake up the industry in the way that they claim you literally yeah when you literally have uh we'll be okay we'll be more than okay yeah 
So it kind of shoots a hole of you being on the stand yeah. and out, out there, Jim Ryan, you know, making the rounds, being like, this could kill PlayStation, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Well, you just said in your own words, sir, that you'll be okay. You'll be more than okay. That this isn't an exclusivity play at all. It's like, meh. Exactly. Meh. Um, another thing from this too, right? As more documents have been coming out, people have been making fun of. Um, there's this PlayStation document that is them talking about numbers and them talking about development times, and there are certain things that are redacted. But if you squint your eyes a little bit, you can see what all the redacted things are. Like Horizon Forbidden West uh, lasted a total of um, blank years, five years, years starting like in five. 2017 and ending in 2022. The game cost 212 million. <laughs> Yeah, to with develop. over 300 full-time employees. Sony did a great job on document redaction. The, <laughs> the most <laughs> nice difficult job, one is the the last uh, Last of Us Part Two. How many months specifically? Because it looks like 20, but that's I think not it's right. 70. Like yeah, 70 months. Uh, it looks real. I'm gonna go get up close to the screen because you yeah. can see it real well here. Yeah, because they say it looks like it says starting in 2014 and ending it does. in 2020. Exactly. And then, yeah, costs were around $220 million. <laughs> I count peaked around 200 full-time employees. Kinda, How bad could you be at this? Yeah, they should have used tape or something. <laughs> maybe not just like a permanent marker. You maybe should have used something a bit more concealing than what you did. Um, very interesting, though, that, like... I, I guess I get why, right, when you think about it, but um, Horizon Forbidden West costing $212 million, where, whereas uh, Last of Us Part Two costed um, $220 million. I would have thought that Last of Us Part Two would have cost way, way more. more. Yeah. yeah, just based yeah, yeah, yeah. on how fucking technical that game is. Like, gorgeous. I mean, but also Horizon Forbidden West, very gorgeous game, right? Open yeah. world game. You're talking about it being filled with more content. And so, like, I can see how that cost on Horizon side goes up, but... But I wonder because, uh, like, maybe costs were lower when Last of Us Part Two started because it was back in 2014, right? Yeah. And also, you know, PS4 development versus PS5 development. I would yeah. wonder, too, of course, like, uh, Forbidden West, you're starting with an engine and a template, and you kind of know what you're doing, right? You're expanding off of what you did with uh, the last game, whereas Last of Us Part Two plays very different than Last of Us Part One, right? The environments are more open and stuff. Yeah. I'm with you, of course, that I would think, like, there might even be a bigger gap in terms of how much Last of Us costs versus how much Horizon costs. But. Yeah. But again, very interesting stuff coming out here. I don't know. Like, what What do you think is the end result? I know we talk about this all the time. The end result it, is Microsoft gets Activision Blizzard. We've yeah. all wasted our breath and time and everything else, right? Like, it just, like, even yesterday when you were, uh, not you, but when you, when I, the royal you, you're reading through Rebecca Valentine and Tom Warren and every talking through what's going on there. It's like, you see lawyers, like, working circles around the people they're putting up from the FTC who are worried about this. and all this. It's like, you know, they don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Oh, 1, they don't even understand video games. You don't understand video games. You're trying to get in here and do this. And so it's such a weird thing that's going to end, I think, with them just getting the approval to go do the deal, and that's the end of it. Yeah, did you see the one um, back and forth between Phil Spencer um, and uh, one of the FTC people talking about, like, one of the, they asked Phil Spencer, okay, so you bought Activision, or you spent this amount of money for Activision Blizzard, and Phil Spencer responds, well, actually, it's uh, we invested this much money because we look at Activision. And, like, he starts basically explaining how acquisition works to <laughs> the, uh, the FTC person. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what this is. And, yeah, like, I'm it, as we've been talking about for the last year, two years, forever, it feels like, yes. it's going to come down to who gets what, right? Like, this is going to go through, but it is, all right, what are the deals that we're signing? Does Call of Duty come to PlayStation Plus, right? Like, does Call of, is it a 10-year uh, agreement that we see Call of Duty get with? Everybody plus PlayStation plus Switch, um, or is I can't. What I can't wait for mm -hmm. is when it's all said and done, and Xbox walks away with Activision Blizzard, and then how many weeks until PlayStation announces their next acquisition? Mm. You know what I mean? And it's just like Xbox just throws their papers up of like Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like what has been going on when they buy Square Enix? Yeah. Well, Greg, speaking of buying Square Enix, story number two: Microsoft wanted to acquire Square Enix. This is Andrew Webster once again at. The Verge. As part of its big wave of acquisitions, Microsoft considered adding Square Enix, the publisher behind the Final Fantasy series, to its Xbox portfolio. The news comes from internal documents released as part of the FTC v. Microsoft hearings, which previously revealed that Microsoft had considered uh, other big names like Sega and Bungie. According to the documents, Microsoft had a number of reasons for being interested in Square Enix. Part of it was to bolster Xbox's historically scant presence in Asian markets. There was another obvious reason, uh, to add more content to drive growth of Xbox Game Pass through new blockbuster Square Enix releases, as well as the company's extensive back catalog. 
A more surprising reason for the potential acquisition, however, was to gain a step up in mobile, which could help future mobile exclusive Game Pass offerings. Currently, Game Pass supports Xbox and PC, but it looks like Microsoft has, has had some broader plans in the past. Quote, Combining Square Enix's uh, robust mobile uh, native portfolio with our own could potentially help us create a mobile native Xbox Game Pass SKU, the document reads, uh, adding that the publisher's games, which include ports of classic games sold at a premium, would have substantial value for a subscription service. And so once again, we're seeing a play, for, or at least them talking about plays for mobile, right? And like, sure. it makes sense for what Game Pass is currently on console and PC. And with the idea of them expanding to mobile, you look at the Activision Blizzard acquisition, you're like, oh, that makes sense with King, right? Yep. 100%. Yeah, you get gamers with Call of Duty and whatever, even if it's just the added benefit of it being Game Pass or, you know, I don't think they'll do the exclusive. So the exclusive benefits. And then, yeah, if you're trying to build out a Game Pass mobile service, right? Like something to compete to a degree with Netflix, how they're doing their mobile stuff, right? That'd be a really great move. Yeah, if you buy a company that has a bunch of mobile games that you could then put under one banner of the Xbox Game Pass mobile, there you go. Off to the races. That's great. Do you think Square Enix does get acquired at some point I in the do. next few years? Again, like, you know, I, I, you know, I've talked about the rumor I had heard that Jeff Grubb had also heard or whatever back in, uh, a while ago now of Square Enix getting acquired by PlayStation. Mm. And I think that fits in of them dropping the Western studios the way they did, right? Getting rid of Crystal, getting rid of IDOS, getting rid of uh, Square Enix Montreal. I think you're trying to trim down to be acquired, try to get down to be what people would actually want from you. No offense to those studios I just named, but in terms of a business sense, in terms of a mobile sense, in terms of when you think of Square Enix, what do you think of? You think of Final Fantasy. You think of those big JRPGs, mm. right? I think you get down to be that slim thing. So yeah, you could be acquired, which again will be hilarious if PlayStation acquires Square Enix in the next year and a half after the oh, yeah. giant fight. They've well, I mean, through. that's my other follow-up question is once this actually goes through, how, how do the floodgates open from there? Because we talk about, yesterday I was talking about Sega, Bungie, Supergiant, and a bunch of studios that Microsoft was looking at after Activision Blizzard, I don't think either PlayStation or Microsoft is slowing down, right? Especially on the PlayStation side. See, I, I, would, I, would, I would hazard a guess, and I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not a business person. Uh, I'm not that at all. I would think that after this fight, my Xbox might. Xbox might pump the brakes just a little. A, a, a something like any, a super giant a indie studio, that's a different ball of wax. But in terms of going for something big, I think they pump their brakes because then it's, it would be I have Sauron right back on them, right? Yeah. Of like, I think right now you do this, you play nice, you do whatever the deal is you have to do with PlayStation to make this happen, and you don't look like you're trying to gobble up everybody in the industry. I think the interesting thing, yeah, is the response from PlayStation of what they'll do and who they'll acquire next and what they'll do and what their messaging will be on it. And then it's also that thing of like, you know, we joked yesterday about, you know, you suing us and all my emails coming out or whatever, all my mm -hmm. Slack messages. Like, I need to just start shooting emails to Tim of, like, we should look into acquiring IGN. It would be great for our portfolio for yada, yada. You know what oh, I mean? Because yeah. it's like, that's all this is. It's like, clearly they were like, hey, we want to be bigger and we want to, we want to be bigger. We want to make Game Pass a better offering. Who should we be looking at? You saw that laundry list of people. Like, oh, yeah. they were looking. I mean, at it's the same way that we have conversations here about who Xbox or PlayStation could acquire, right? Exactly. Like, they're having this Let's conversation. Make, I'll make you the case for why we should acquire this person, but it doesn't mean that we're actually thinking yeah. really It doesn't mean that, yeah, like we're, things are in motion. Yeah. It, it, I think it still comes down to the things that we talk about when we're like, oh, why wouldn't Microsoft or PlayStation acquire a Square Enix? Well, they do have a lot of games that come out on Nintendo. Does that matter? Does that not matter? They're having those same exact conversations. And part of that is fun to like look through this and see that, man, our conversations are on point when we think about these things because we've definitely had the conversations of, Oh yeah, Xbox acquiring could acquire Square Enix or Sega to get that full foothold uh, in the in Japanese market. Since yeah, they do struggle there uh, a lot. What would a Final Fantasy and, and franchises like that do for their library? Yeah. those are conversations we have. Those are conversations Phil uh, Phil Spencer and those teams have. I think the one thing that maybe we need to talk about more is mobile and how it seems like that is a heavy investment that Microsoft has at, at least considered, if not you know still on the ball on having that ball rolling because of the Activision King thing, right? Yeah. Like. That is something they want to do. That's also something PlayStation wants to do. Is PlayStation has hired people to lead uh, lead a mobile initiative, and like they have studios that are working on that thing, right? Like that's something both PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo, at least in the past, has looked at, right? So it's very interesting to see that being a larger slice of the pie than I think we give credit for in our conversations. It's fascinating to see people still chasing mobile because mm -hmm. it still is the white whale. Whoever can really crack that and you can make a great thing and, and, and make it make sense to the general consumer, you will have a new cash cow on your hands, right? I think it is that idea of like, we love traditional gaming. We love, you know, our consoles. Some 
some people love PCs. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, but they disgusting. love traditional ways. And it's like, I'm not saying all the juice has been squeezed from the, those lemons or whatever, or you know, lemons, whatever. It was, it the fruit, I guess. Yeah. The berries. All the berries. You know what I mean? Uh, but like, there's not like a whole untouched market you're going to find all of a sudden that you can do. Like We talked about Harry Potter yesterday with NPD numbers being a big driver, right? You talk about Zelda driving sales of Switch, but even then it's like, well... How many people are just replacing their old Switch with the new old? It doesn't matter. The idea that there are so many people who everybody uses a smartphone for the most part, right? Not everybody. I would say you plays games on it. They don't consider themselves a gamer, yada, yada, yada. And I think, you know, as we continue to see stuff like Pokemon Go or breakout successes that come along once in a while, like the, the king games we've seen before, right? Mm-hmm. As we all age up, I find myself more and more not drawn to mobile gaming, but mobile gaming no longer is this... Oh, I'm playing a mobile game. How weird. It is like, oh, well, I want to play something. Marvel Snap. Okay, cool. There's something to play here. Mm-hmm. There's things there, let alone the fact that eventually, as you get older and mobile gaming just becomes synonymous with gaming, it's not a weird thing. I think there's more of a chance for people to play stuff there. And I think when you really get outside of us, you know, North America and Europe and start talking about what's happening in other countries, right? Like, from what I understand, the statistics I've seen, like, you know, you go over, uh, you know, uh, Eastern Europe, right? You go across the continent over there uh, into Asia. Like, you're seeing the dominance of cell phones in India, that mm-hmm. people are doing stuff in there. And, like, if you can get into that market and give a game there that's going to go, that's going to go farther than what you see, I think, in terms of traditional console gaming. Yeah. And, of course, you know, this. you go far enough, you hit Japan, right, where it was, I remember, so distinctly, before the iPhone, you know, we would laugh Levi Buchanan pretty much out of the room at IGN when he would be talking about we need to be paying IGN we need to be play, paying attention to cell phone games mm-hmm. and we're like what are you talking about he's like you don't understand go to Japan like that is what's happening people are playing games on their phone that is going to jump here it is going to become this thing and it, it has but it still hasn't like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it has but there, I still think there's such a stigma to mobile gaming there is still such a but I think we're all I think we're in a bubble though right I think sure. that is because we are in games media that is focused on console for sure and, and, for and sure stuff right but like i look around even in san francisco and there are ads for genshin impact of course buses and billboards and stuff yeah and, total war or whatever yeah no. and like um whatever the yeah. war game is and i know exactly the, what one of the thousands about. of war games they always want me to play but these are games that have millions and millions and mil- millions of downloads on mobile right i'm playing genshin impact on my playstation but i would e- i'll easily guess that most people are playing that game on mobile and that's that's a very impressive and very popular and very lucrative game, right? I think you're going to see more and more of that happen where our we give up, that our bubble gives yeah. up on it being a stigma. Because I think personally, I'm already there. Where I'm fucking, I, you know, you can go back for Marvel Snapshot and then the Marvel uh, ARPG I played on my phone, and then it's like looking ahead now, like Division Resurgence. I'm yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. I'm down for a Division on my phone. But then even for a more traditional mobile experience, right? When we left SGF, I was talking how much about it. I really like Monster Hunter now, like. Will Monster Hunter now be my obsession that I play for 80? No, but I'm definitely downloading it when it comes out. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I'm definitely yeah. could I mean, see myself waiting around. Tim or, Gettys with, uh, and you with Marvel Snap. Right? Yeah. I guess the well, whole Tim, office. Tim's way better, way bigger to do it than me. Yeah, but like, I mean, that's a thing that's taken over and even has infiltrated our communities, right? It sure. infiltrated our uh, our bubble. Final Fantasy Ever Crisis is going to come out at some point, and that's one that I want to try out. I know that's one that Tim Super Tim liked about it. Yeah, well. he liked it at SGF when we played it up there. Yeah, and I think about the future, and when we're going back and talking about uh, uh, MiHoYo, which is like the or HoYoVerse, which is the Genshin Impact company, right? Like they're putting out more games. They're putting out the um, Honkai Star Rail, right? That has gained a lot of popularity. They're going to put out Zenless Zone Zero, and that's the one that I've been keeping my eye on. That looks dope as hell that it's probably going to be out for PC, probably console, and most likely mobile. And if, like Genshin Impact, that progress carries over between platforms, if you have the cross-save and cross-progression stuff, oh man, am I going to be playing that all the time on my phone when we go on trips, when we go when we go to Summer Game Fest or whatever in my hotel, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to taking my Steam Deck and, or my Switch and possibly losing that on the, on the plane. And it's that weird thing of like, you know, I think for me personally, let's get back to Xbox Game Pass being on mobile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the power of that. I, of course, have talked a lot about how much I love the idea of cloud gaming, how I use, I use remote play a lot, but I, you know, I've used the cloud here and there and stuff like that. I think what would be interesting about Game Pass mobile coming, right, would be the idea of not only, okay, cool, cloud's bundled in there, you're there. It would be the idea that that's the tile on my screen where I think, I want to play something, I should go in there and kill time and do that. I don't do that with Netflix. Netflix has the run of games, and I think of Oxenfree, and I think of, uh, they, what, they have Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, and Before Your Just Eyes. Just last week, I booted up Exploding Kittens on there. TMNT, Shredder's Revenge. 
I, I 12 minutes, I say, oh, these are games I know are great, but I'll wait to play them on my PlayStation, right? Yeah. I'll wait till I get home on my big screen. It's that idea of like, I know that there are good mobile games on here that are designed for mobile, but then you're back into this weird thing where there's this discrepancy of what we are as core gamers versus the mobile gamer market, right? Where I don't know what's hot in the streets for just a mobile game. You know what I mean? I know I look at these and go, oh, these games that I know I love from my console space are yeah. on the mobile thing. But I look at this and it's like balloons, TD6, and like crime, uh, scripted crime stories. And it's, are, are those good? Hmm. Are those, but like, are I those think mobile you, you know what's hot in the streets, right? Because this is the same stuff that's hot in the streets on console now, right? It is Fortnite. But see, that's what I'm saying, though, yeah. is like, I think, I don't think the success of Xbox Game Pass Mobile, of Netflix Mobile, mm -hmm is going to be found in, hey, here is a console game that you can play on your phone. I think that those are nice to be there, and yeah. I think that like that you can get me to eventually maybe switch off and do that. Fortnite, yeah, you know, I've, I've played Fortnite on my phone when it was native and then through Xbox uh, Cloud, right? Yeah. But like right now when I turn on, I see Oxenfree and I see Before Your Eyes, I go, oh, well, if I wanted to play those, I'd play them at home. I, and I agree with that. Where I'm saying I want there to be a great, monster hunter now on here which is a bad example but you know what i mean a mm -hmm. game that is mobile that is a great mobile game that i get in that gets his hooks and, I, and suddenly i start thinking more about shit i should be playing more games on my phone okay i really mm -hmm. enjoy this i'm opening the netflix games app i to go to that but then i see oxen free and i'm like you know what i do need to replay oxen free before oxen free too why not play it on netflix and do it you know i feel like that's the disconnect right now for us yeah. and i think the other side of the disconnect is uh for in general, if you're a mobile gamer, I don't think a mobile gamer thinks of themselves necessarily as a mobile gamer. They probably think that I play Genshin Impact. I play Candy Crush. Mobile. I play whatever the game is you think of the game. Mm -hmm. And so I think getting them under, all, getting a whole bunch of good games under a, an umbrella that you click in to see to get to the game you want, then entices you to go to other games. Yeah. When Apple Arcade originally launched, I went through and played Mini Motorways and a couple other things on there that I enjoyed. But then I, you know, got caught up and didn't do it. So I let my subscription lapse and I never came back. So it's another thing of just like trying to keep people in there, not having, if Xbox Game Pass works, if they get it running on mobile and they have this stuff, I'm already paying for Xbox Game Pass. Mm -hmm. So cool. It's there and I can see it. I, I, I'm, an, I'm, I'm not going to feel like I'm wasting money like I was with Apple, where it was they're adding three or four new games. I don't know what the hell they are, and I don't have time to play them, so I just saw my money going out the window to something I'm not using goodbye. Whereas this is already part of an ecosystem I'm using, let's go. And I think Netflix would benefit from that too if they fucking promoted the fact they have these games. If the Netflix app broke out on its own, or, again, if I was a Netflix mobile user, I think that would be a different conversation. Because the struggle for me is that I use Netflix at home on my TV. So yeah. I forget they have games because I don't ever open this app to see that. When they make the jump and put them on there, if there is something great, and let's you know throw out Puzzle Quest 3, which I adore, right? If Puzzle Quest 3 was there and that was where it debuted or something to that fact and I could play it everywhere and linked up, then sure, I'd be doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the tough thing with Netflix in particular is that like I don't think they have that hardcore vision of what they want their mobile game initiative to be, sure. right? Like sure. when you go through and you list the games, funny enough, like there are some games you're listing that are as for us that cover games that have played, we played some of these games on console and you look at, I think Immortality is on Netflix, right? Yeah. Immortality is a fucking like, that's a nerd ass video game for <laughs> Blessing and Greg to play, right? Yeah. Like that's one of my, that was one of my games of the year last year. But Hell when yeah, you, when you look at the Netflix catalog, you look at that, you look at um, the, the dodgeball strategy game with a fun art style. You look at the, the oxen free, you look at the, those games. Weirdly enough, I feel like on, even though on console, there's like this hardcore, like, oh man, you're into indies if you play this. On mobile, it's almost like, oh, this is more casual. Like, this is more, this is there to kind of fill in the catalog where I, when I, when I think about what Game Pass could be on, on, on mobile, and you're, when I think about what they have with Activision and King, right? You're talking about uh, Candy Crush, you're talking about Call of Duty Mobile, right? And you're talking about those probably being the stars and then trying to fill in those. Like, when I think of the hardcore mobile experiences, I am thinking things that are, almost like console games right but are i guess structured like a genshin structured like these big massive worlds that you can live in and play in like that is what i think um are that's what i think are the money makers for mobile right or be <clears throat> becoming more of the money makers right even the, the the fortnites of the world i think those are the the uh leading charge and everything else i think is you know kind of do is, is doing its own thing and i know there's i mean there's so many different pockets of mobile because there's also like for sure the um like the fashion like life sim uh, type stuff right like there's so, there's 
like there's a hardcore side of what mobile gaming is, but it just isn't what we typically think is hardcore. I think I oh, think right. it is the stuff that is just demanding of your time, and you have like you're on your phone for hours a day putting time into this thing, and it's like the same thing you're playing. And to your point, right? It's like I don't look at the, I don't look at those people as mobile gamers. I view them as somebody who you know plays this one specific game or like tim plays marvel snap yeah, yeah like this person plays a lot of cod and cod mobile right like that's kind of how i view it there's a lot of value to xbox figuring this out and figuring mm-hmm. out xbox team uh, pass on mobile as you know jim ryan's worried about right because if you break through and do that and you can get them into the ecosystem they can understand it like the you know example i would give of how complicated the ecosystem is so it's not even worth trying necessarily is Mm -hmm. when i went to royal rumble and i brought my college friend and she brought her kids right they were fortnite obsessed of course and so i went you know i went we went out did rumble or whatever we went to the rumble store i don't know why this matters it doesn't but when we took them back to the hotel room to drop off their bags like mom mom can we just play a little bit of fortnite and she's like sure and they're like greg do you can you have your switch can you play Mm -hmm. and i was like well no i can't and i didn't i was like I didn't want to introduce the idea of Xbox Game Pass or xCloud having Fortnite because yeah. I was like, I know your mom doesn't want you playing it all the time. But I was like, I can, I have a way to log in and do the thing and, and add you as friends at least. And I did that, but then they caught wind that it was full Fortnite. But it's like the idea that you could express to them, if, if, the X, if Xbox Game Pass reached its final fucking form, mm. right? Which is we are this mobile app we are xCloud, we are your Xbox, we are the mobile games, we are Fortnite. Like, I feel like that would be such a breakthrough if you could make people understand that your Xbox Game Pass subscription is for, you know, 15 bucks or whatever it is now, 20 bucks, the best value in gaming, gets you all of this and is everywhere and gets you unique experiences on the device you are on. You know what I mean? You are getting these mobile games here. You can access Fortnite anywhere in the world and be able to play this. You can stream your games if you're buying the big budget games. Like, Mm. there's something to it where... That is, I understand the fear from Jim Ryan there. I understand the fear of PlayStation there. Because again, like Xbox wants to be ubiquitous. And they don't want you to think Xbox and think of a console. And I feel like that would be a great breakthrough on so many levels if it was, hey, we are on mobile and here's this thing. And you get people to come over to play their Final Fantasy Square Enix game. You get them to come over and play their uh, Activision King mobile game through the app. And then they find out that Fortnite's there too. Oh, but I thought Fortnite wasn't on my iPhone. Well, it's not anymore. You're streaming it from the cloud and you do this. Oh, that's really cool. It works really well. Yeah, you can buy any of the Xbox exclusives you've heard of or not even buy them through Xbox Game Pass. You can just play those too. It's like that's when the wheels start spinning and it does become, oh, okay, this is something I understand more and I'm in an ecosystem. And again, the kids who are at the hotel who only know Fortnite really through their Switch and don't have Xbox Game Pass and don't have xCloud, like I don't have to explain to them making an Xbox account to do the thing to blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of content on Xbox Game Pass. Lots of content. There's also lots of content on kindoffunny.com slash Patreon. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know this from experience, how often it just seems easier to care about others and to keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my very best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. And we're back with story number three. Final Fantasy 16 has sold 3 million copies during its launch week. This is George Yang at IGN. Final Fantasy 16 has sold over 3 million copies during its first week on sale, Square Enix has announced. Square Enix said the milestone consisted of both physical and digital sales on PlayStation 5. Physical sales for the game in the UK were reportedly 74% lower than those of its predecessor, Final Fantasy 15. Still, Final Fantasy 16 was still the top overall seller during its launch week. 
The Solid Steel's numbers should be considered with the caveat Final Fantasy 16 is only available on the PS5. Final Fantasy 7 Remake shifted 3.5 million copies in, its, uh, in three days when it launched as a PS4 exclusive in April 2020, but that was to a much larger install base of consoles than PS5 currently enjoys. Final Fantasy XV sold 5 million units in its first day, but that game launched on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in November uh, 2016. Final Fantasy XV remains the fastest-selling game in the history of the series. It was that Stand By Me cover by Florence and the Machine. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? I, really, I mean, that's the only thing I experienced of Final Fantasy XV, and you know what? I'm good with it. Yeah. I love that song. It was. <laughs> yeah. Great it version. was a really good song. That was yeah. a fun launch event me and Tim hosted. That's what I, oh, you know, the yeah, reveal event. Yeah. And I, we got to announce that and they got to play it. I got to hear like 900 times during rehearsal, which is I'm not complaining about. Yeah. And then I played the, the game and I played the game for a couple hours. I was like, I'm good. I'm not. I'm that one didn't do it for you? No, no, no. You've not gotten to Final Fantasy 16 though, right? I've done three hours of it. We talked a little bit on Gamescast about it because I got it, but it came right before SGF, but I was still playing Diablo or reviewing Diablo and then... I moved over to that, but then I did it for three hours, but then it was AEW, which I just reviewed on Gamescast, and then it was X, you know how it is around yeah. here. Uh, you guys were leaving the review. You didn't need me. So I did it. Uh, I d- enjoyed my three hours of it. I want to get back to it. I, I thought I, I thought out loud on Gamescast yesterday that I should restart just to really mm-hmm. get the cinematic. And Tim's like, you don't, don't do that. Don't even bother. Yeah. He's like, just keep going. You're so There's early so much in the happening. game. Yeah, you're so early. Yeah. Yeah. Active, active time lore, baby. Active I know. Time lore I know. I got so the time much. lore. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I learned more from active time lore than I did from the cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about today I have, you know, ha-ha, a light day. So, you know, once I dig through the 900 emails and business things I need to do, I was thinking I could play a game. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna, I was like, well, here we go, Final Fantasy time. But then look over there, it's Dave the Diver. <laughs> and I got to check out what's oh, up with Dave the go. Diver, man. Oh, man. We're going to talk about Dave the Diver in a second. But, yeah, I mean, these are uh, great sales for yeah, Final Fantasy 16. I mean, 3 million copies. I forget the number of PlayStation 5s that are out there. But, like, we're talking, I think, under 50 million, probably somewhere around. I got, I got a fax million? page here. Let me get I appreciate here. you with the fax page. But, yeah, like, I think 3 million out of however many PS5s are out there right now. It's a pretty good number, right? Like, that's a pretty good per- – that's, like, a decent percentage of, of the install base. And that number is only going to grow because these are just first-week sales. Currently, there are – and this is, of course, uh, from the old Wikipedia, mm. you know. Units sold 30 million as of January oh. 4th, 2023. Anyway, okay, so that's recent. Oh yeah, yeah no, this that's year? great. That's Six those are great sales. Yeah, three million out of th- out of around thirty million units. That's fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. go get them, Final Fantasy. I think you you loved it. I loved it. Uh, shout out to the demo as well because I saw so much excitement pick up from when they released the Final Fantasy sixteen demo. It felt like before that there was a little bit of like a. All right, Final Fantasy 16 is about to come out. Like, does anybody care? Like, where's the excitement at? Yeah. Once yeah, that yeah. De- demo came out, I saw my whole timeline. For me, it was when it. yeah, Michael Heim came back from that preview, and I know he's like, you know, Final Fantasy crazy. But everything he said, I was like, this sounds like something I don't want to play. This sounds like something I want to play. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, from what I started before I got pulled away by reviews, I was like, you know, I like this combat. I like the storytelling so far. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Story number four: Red Dead Redemption has been raided in South Korea. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. A fresh Red Dead Redemption rating in South Korea has sparked rumors about a possible remake or remaster. As spotted by Idle Sloth on Twitter, South Korea's Game Rating and Administration Committee, aka GRAC, GRAC. could be the center could be at the center of another leak after listing something simply titled Red Dead Redemption earlier in June. The listing is completely separate from the original 2010 uh, Red Dead Redemption, as the rating for this this can still be seen on GRAC's website, as well as Red Dead Redemption 2, which is also listed in its, uh, as its own entity. Nothing else has been uh, no, nothing else is given away in the listing, except that this version of Red Dead Redemption has also been rated as an 18. Uh, the South Korean ratings board has been the source of many leaks in the past few years. Grack listed Call of Duty Grack. Modern Warfare 2 uh, campaign remaster ahead of its official announcement, for example, and recently leaked the unannounced Lego football video game from 2K. Uh, as a reminder, VDC is written by a bunch of people in the UK, so when they say football, oh, they my- mean soccer. Uh, its ratings do not indicate anything concrete regarding a potential release date, but and actually this is written by IGN, so I got that absolutely wrong. Uh, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm just so used to reading from VGC. Its ratings do not indicate anything concrete regarding a potential release date, but both God of War Ragnarok and Marvel's Midnight Suns were listed roughly six months before their launches last year. A Red Dead Rede- Redemption re-release. What do you think that is, Greg? I'm trying to find it, too. You're crediting VGC. We just assume all the news on the internet comes from VGC. I mm-hmm. saw someone... 
And kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Feel free to check, get it for me. Get the tweets for me. Somebody, and don't think just VGC, because clearly I can't find it from any of the normal VGC players. But somebody put out a quote tweet of this today saying, this lines up with what I had heard. And it was the rumor that, maybe this grab, I don't know. And some, let me know. But it was the thing that this had been a, re, a remake, or not a remake, a remaster of Red Dead 1 had been rumored a while back. Yeah. Well, and it, then believe- it had a bad reception to the GTA yes. trilogy thing. So they cooled their jets on it. So nobody knew what was happening with it. And now the rumor that I read from an unnamed source on Twitter putting all this out this morning uh, was saying that they thought it would probably line up with getting GTA 6 out the door and then and this after it. Oh, like, yeah, this coming out after GTA 6. Interesting. Yeah. I believe it, of course. Red Dead, you know, is a beloved game for a reason. It's a great game, unlike Red Dead 2. And so, like, this one, you know, I think you get this into their ha- the hands of people, they'd be excited for it. And especially mm-hmm. with the, uh, you know, glacial development of Rockstar games these days, I think getting something else out to make more money is probably good for them, something they don't have to work too hard on because it's a game you're... And, yeah. It's hard to remake, remaster, whatever it's going to be a game. Uh, but I think, you know, just having someone else work on that, not gta trilogy yet yeah. but somebody else work on it get it out there why not yeah. i mean this is part of what we've seen rockstar do before it was announced um a couple years ago maybe about a year ago that um remedy is working on max Payne remix um and then what last last gen we got the la noir re-releases in a vr version like yeah rockstar likes to look back at the back catalog and go how do we re-release things uh, in the interim as we're developing how do games. we not make new things how do like we not make two? new things <laughs> so we can take seven years working on a big open world game so I'll go get them. Sure. Yeah, I'll take a Red Dead Redemption um, remake or remaster. I guess that's my thing is, which one, like, is it worth remaking Red Dead Redemption? Do people even want that? Like, is Red Dead Redemption? I don't think it's worth remaking. I think remastering makes some sense. When you say remaster, are you thinking like Last is Part 1? Or are you thinking even like less work done than that? No, less work done than that. I mean, I am. Because that'd be pretty cool, though. Last right? of Us Part One, yeah, that would be pretty. If you got cool. a Red Dead Redemption One it. that looked like Red Dead Redemption Two, yeah, cool. yeah, okay, okay, I could go for that. Sure, I could be into it too. Except when you get to Mexico, and then what? Just reverse back to old graphics? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying I could go for all of that. Except remember how Mexico is when the game dipped. Oh yeah, I mean, Mexico is where a lot of us fell off, and you came back you want later. A, con- you... a confession for me? Yeah, that's when I stopped playing the game. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people played. did. Yeah, a lot of people I got did. to Mexico and I just stopped playing. Yeah, yeah. I think I put it down for a couple weeks, if not a month, and then came back and powered through. I've always wanted to play Undead Nightmare. Oh, I never Undead got Nightmare's around, so good. I never got around to playing it. Oh, yeah. wow. That's really good. Shoot that. Cool. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll hold up Mike. Halloween. Oh, that's a good one. Good time. Story number five. We got a new report that says Star Wars Eclipse is targeting 2026. This is Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming. Insider Gaming sources have revealed that Star Wars Eclipse, developed by Quantic Dream, is targeting a tentative 2026 release date, but it could be delayed further. <laughs> this is what you pull. This is what you pull immediately. The news comes from the same sources that revealed Chinese tech giant NetEase will be acquiring Quantic Dream six months before it was officially announced. Sources once again restated Quantic Dream's struggle of hiring staff following allegations of workplace issues, including sexual harassment, crunch, and toxic work culture. In fact, one was Blower, who who brought these allegations to light is still in legal battles with Quantic Dream, which is expected to finalize later this year. It's understood that due to the scope of Star Wars Eclipse and alleged issues with hiring staff, the game could be delayed further from its 2026 target. Because of such date targets, Star Wars Eclipse is likely the most far out Star Wars game that has been announced. So far, there are six announced Star Wars games in development that are yet to release. This is one that it's hard to I guess look at through a okay yeah twenty twenty six we'll see it because like sure like that's three years away. I'm telling you right now this is Greg's half court shot on uh, June twenty eighth twenty twenty three. We never see this game. This game never makes out. Yeah, yeah. Which which part of it uh, tells you that? Is it the work? Nothing tells me it. What okay. I, what I reading into it and like this that the other and they still can't hire people. Eventually, yeah. Disney's gonna look at this and be like, huh, okay. Let's not do this anymore. It's you know no surprising hey, that Disney. It's a this milestone. Thing. It's milestone time. What do you guys have to show for it? Well, we have this, but we're behind, and we're still trying to hire up. You've been trying to hire for how many years on this project, and people don't want to do it because of the allegations that we look past to do this part. We're we're just gonna, you know what, part ways on this one and see you later. I'm still I'm still surprised they greenlit it in the first place. 100. Like Quantic Dream for a Star Wars game seems like such a weird fit. Yeah. You know, like it's hard for you to imagine what that game is. Uh, is like there have been things rolling online of it's a action adventure game that does also have um like choose your own adventure type elements right and it's like 
What does that? How, how, what does that look like from Quantic Dream? Right, that's not their yeah. typical, typical kind of kind of. You don't think of action make. when you think of Quantic Dream. You think of story. Yeah, yeah. And I think even a Quantic Dream narrative game for Star Wars is a weird fit for the kinds of stories they tell. I don't know. Like, I I think I would have liked to see more original stuff from them. But hey, that and that's the other. Th- the whole the whole thing is weird because it's a weird one to put together with Star Wars and say that it's going to be action adventure. Why not put them together and be like, they're telling a narrative game. They're doing a narrative Star Wars game. Okay, it's a weird one because of allegations and because Disney is, you think, want to distance themselves from that. Yeah. And then on the Quantic Dream side, it's a weird one of like, so is this a David Cage game? Because David Cage has always been an auteur, right? He's always mm-hmm. struck me as a, a, a Kojima of like, hey, I want to make my weird idea. Yeah, I got I something wanna, to say. I want to do Heavy Rain. I want to do Beyond. I want Beyond. I want to do all these things that are like my original thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I just, they, so like Disney came to you and was like, we want to make a Star Wars game or you pitch for a Star Wars game. And so like, are you, eh, I don't know. And then it's like, I'm way more stoked right now about the, and I guess this is, shouldn't be unheard of, right? I'm way, because we have, whatever, I guess we've heard of Eclipse, sure. I'm way more interested in Quantic Dream Publishing. We saw a lot of those games at SGF, right? I'm looking over here, like Under the Waves was one that I really liked. That one of that man, like, you know, underneath the water in the little substation. Uh, Dustborn. Uh, Lysfunga. Lysfunga, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those all look neat and cool, and I'm glad to see them helping get games out, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah. this I one's mean, a weird one of just like, yeah know. it feels like a quantum dream that's trying to reinvent themselves but like i would love for part of that reinvention for them to be to look inward and go let's purge all the negative aspects of quantum dream like and maybe it's just the fact that part of that would be maybe to get rid of david cage because david cage has been a, a complaint for years and years and years of yeah. one of the reasons quantum dream seems to not be working and I don't know if you can it, as Quantic Dream. I don't think you can do that with one of your leads. <laughs> Quantic Dream, <laughs> like it, like David Cage doesn't look at himself and go, "Oh man, maybe I should purge my company of myself." I'm like, the that's problem. Kind of that, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, the yeah. problem here. Um, but yeah, like I would like to. I I'm with you that I think them uh, looking into publishing and yeah, like having an interesting eye for games that look different, look interesting, and games that I'd like to play. Right, all those games you just mentioned have something that that speaks to me. I think that's a cool direction for it but yeah then i look back at star wars eclipse and the reports of issues and the reports of it being of course being hard to hire people at quantic dream because who would want to work at some place that has this list of things that, oh man yeah. it seems like it's terrible to work here right like yeah there's a stain on it it's just a weird thing um but yeah i could see, i could see that call i could see you making the half court shot of this game never comes yeah. out we'll see we shall see do you know what else we'll see what will we see scores for AEW fight forever because the reviews are out greg miller you reviewed it i did right now on metacritic it is sitting at a 64 on open critic is sitting at a 62 jared green at ign (laughs) gave it a 6 out of 10 and says unrealized potential feels like the story of AEW fight forever as a whole so much of it feels like a very good start Going full gear with bouncy animations, the quick pace of the action, and fun, and effective character design. But almost all of its good ideas are hampered by bugs in opaque or outright useless systems. Its big single-player mode is poorly written, and though it's a relative breeze to complete uh, and full of branching options, it's all out of good ways to point you to them. There's a strong foundation to bet double or nothing on a sequel down the road, and I think there's still fun to be had here uh, with like-minded friends who are con- who are content with casually beating each other up, but this is no wrestling game revolution. And then Marcus Stewart at Game Informer gave it a 6.3 out of 10 and says, if nothing else, AEW Fight Forever has potential. I'm happy to have a more arcade-style wrestling game, especially one based on a major promotion. The gameplay has a strong foundation, and when it's firing on all cylinders, the action channels the simple fun of 90s and early 2000s. The rest of the package just needs to catch up. Until it does, even the most passionate AEW fans may have a hard time sticking around for this main event. And then Jason Finelli at GameSpot gave it a 6 out of 10 and says All Elite Wrestling's first match in the video game ring is a solid outing and doesn't uh, is a solid outing that, that doesn't quite live up to its real-world product. Greg Miller. Yeah. I didn't get to watch the review yet. But you so you did. might have wis- missed then. Yeah, it's a review from me and Sancho West on oh. uh, Kind of Funny Games cast right now, youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, and of course, podcast services around the globe. 
What did you give it? I was lead reviewer, but Sancho agreed with a three out of five. Uh, an okay on the kind of funny scale. So echoing all of these reviews. And yeah, I really, I mean, we go into way more depth on the review. I urge you to go watch it, please. Uh, but yeah, it's exactly what people are saying here. It's a solid wrestling engine. It is the modern no mercy. It is, uh, you know, they deliver. They, Kenny Omega had been very uh, upfront early on saying that's what they were going for. That's what they got. They nailed it. But that does come with some mechanics in the engine that I think are left behind, some AI problems, a few things here and there. And then, yeah, what I described it as, and so many people just echoed, right, was shallow in the other departments mm. of like, well, you're earning the, you know, you're earning this currency in the game that you then use in the in-game store to buy, you know, new wrestlers or, you know, buy new uh, 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 moves or things in the arena and yada, yada, yada. With I did one road road elite a road to the elite which is their career mode and then another half of one and a handful of exhibition and I bought pretty much everything in the store already mm. and long before then I had run out of things I wanted to buy I wanted to buy Cody Rhodes and the female ref I did and then I was like well there's outfit changes but no other people um you know the road road to the elite is a great idea but it doesn't narratively make sense in a lot of places which really sucks i think they you know the no mercy uh stories did make sense they branched they did different things you felt like you were living a career where this one is way more like oh it's goofy the first review talked about like some nonsense that's thrown in there that is cute and fun the first time around but then the second time around you're like all right skip 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 yeah. like it is a Solid wrestling engine. There is fun to be had. You know, Sancho was very much like he had a friend come over and play, and he's like, that's the way to do it. And I could easily see that being the case as well. But if you're a single player person, I don't think there's much there right now. You know, one of the resounding things I've heard from a respectful uh, AEW fan base this morning is like, well, but, 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 you know, they've promised, you know, there's DLC coming and they're going to update the game. And do you think that would have changed this? And it's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, I, I, yes. All if all, everything was that, yeah, probably if there was more content. But we're talking about right now a sixty dollars video game, and if it's worth your money and your time right now. And I think it's an okay game. I think it's a fun game. I think there's fun to be had there. But I don't think it's something you need to rush out and buy. It's not something I would tell as someone. Hey, I really love wrestling games. Should I get it? Eh. Mm. I, I would. You can try it. You can see how much do you really. What, what do you. What do you want out of it? You know. And that was the other interesting part of the review that you know, uh, Sancho is an AEW fan. I am not. And uh, it's one of those, he was very disappointed by the fact that it's so far behind what the AEW product is right now. And that always is a problem with wrestling games, but it's especially a problem here for him. And for me, it was that idea of like, you know, I was, I was a WWF kid growing up, right? So when I finally got my hands on WCW NWO Revenge, that was what introduced me to WCW. And it didn't make me go watch the product, but it made me understand what's happening over there. So I think there's a way to have a wrestling game that isn't your promotion really open your eyes and do some stuff with you that make you go, oh man, I want to consume this or I want to know more about it, yada, yada, And that didn't necessarily happen here. Um, as we've been talking, right, we've had some different pieces of breaking news <laughs> from the FTC trial. This is from Benji Sales. Uh, just revealed Bobby Kotick and Nintendo have had active talks about the next generation Nintendo console. Also says that apparently next gen Nintendo console is close to gen 8 power. So they're talking about the next Nintendo being as strong as the PS4 and Xbox One. Wow. Cool. Sounds about right, honestly. <laughs> like, that lines up. If the Switch is powerful as a PS3, then sure, yeah, the next one could be a PS4 power. All right, cool. Make me a portable PlayStation 5. Let's go. I mean, you're getting that. No. It's called Project Q. I'm still, yes, that's remote play, though. You know what I mean. Portable PlayStation. It's the controller glued onto a tablet. <laughs> <laughs> they used Ultra Hand to glue those things together. Uh, story number seven, Greg. I got another review roundup for you. Hell yeah, you do. I titled this review roundup, What the Heck is Dave the Diver? Oh my God. I So yeah, this one around this morning, I saw, uh, I think it was Noble that tweeted about it, that like the Metacritic had gone up for Dave the Diver, a game that I had never heard of. Yep. Um, the description of Dave the Diver reads like this on Steam. Dave the Diver is a casual single player adventure RPG featuring deep sea exploration and fishing during the day and sushi restaurant management at night. Join Dave and his quirky friends as they seek to uncover the secrets of the mysterious blue hole. Now, this stuck out to me, of course, because in that Noble tweet, he had screenshotted Metacritic. And at, on Metacritic, right now, it's an 89. Yeah. On OpenCritic, it's a 91. Yeah. I've got one review for you here from Travis Northup at IGN who gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, Dave the Diver is a tremendous and unforgettable RPG adventure that I can't put down. The story and characters are full of heart and charm. The underwater exploration and restaurant management are easy to lose time to. And the sheer number of weird minigames and other surprises that are packed in the 30-hour adventure ensure things never grow stale. Even with wimpy bosses and simple puzzles and a fair number of bugs, Dave the Diver has so many other interesting and intriguing things going on that it's 
easily one of the best games I've played this year so far. God damn! Now, Barrett is playing the trailer with without um, audio. Would you want to do like a like a reaction to this trailer with audio? Because I went and watched this trailer. It's a very like I watched it yesterday too. So it okay, be a reaction like I had already seen it. I, I'm in a very similar boat to you, except I had yeah 24 hours notice of mm -hmm. yesterday. I forget who quote tweeted this into the timeline, and I was like, okay, I clicked on it. And if you are an audio listener, you need to go watch the trailer because it starts off. You're like, oh, I can kind of whoa, well, that's an interesting mechanic. What the? F and like by the end of it, you're like, this looks like 17 different games yes. at once. It looks like you're doing 17 different things, and that was both alluring in terms of, wow, that's a really great trailer for an indie I've never heard of, and then also terrifying of, like, I hate it when an indie game has a great idea, but then they put another great idea and another, and they never flesh out the ideas. Yeah. So you just go from great idea to great idea, but they never, like, give you the, you know, the, uh, you never sink your teeth into it. So I'm stoked to see this morning, uh, this is the score for this one. I hate, I saw, I, I, it sucks that it slipped by. You know what I mean? Like, I was telling you this morning, I went to my inbox after, or I, I got a code from PR after I tweeted about it. They're like, oh, do you want a code? I'm like, sure. And then I went to my inbox and searched for Dave the Diver, and I hadn't been emailed about Dave the Diver since September 2022. You're like, ah, damn. You know what I mean? And like, back at the time, I didn't even, you, you, you now know the amount of emails we get every morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? That are just like, this thing's coming early access. This is that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Unless somebody's grabbing you and be like, you got to play this, or there's a preview opportunity where you walk by, like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's so hard to discover this amount of games. Especially when you're talking about something that, like, is indie, right? And, like, you know, it, it's coming out to, or it's out on PC only right now. It's coming to Switch right, later. Right, Switch later. Yeah, and, like, uh, usually stuff like this would be neat to see in a PlayStation State of Play or a Nintendo Direct, right, like, an right. indie showcase or whatever, right? Like, or, like, but, but yeah, this one, I think, kind of slipped through the cracks. And, of course, like, there's been a smaller audience there that has been supporting it, and it came out in early access, I believe, um, at some point in the last couple of years, where I at least had a preview build available. Right, yeah, V, that was one of the things they said with the code yesterday is that, you know, 1.0 is going live at midnight or whatever so yeah the official release and so there have been some people with their hands on it and, and, and trying to preach the gospel of dave the diver but yeah like it's really cool to see something come out of left field and score really high on metacritic and on on an ign review yeah. and look so weird and so different yeah. have an art style that is like this 2d pixel thing but also like it's a management game but also there are boss fights and it's like oh damn this looks cool and you're just playing as a dude named dave the diver the diver i'm in fuck final fantasy i'm playing this today I'm also in. I want to play this on my Steam Deck. Hopefully, it's verified. It does, oh, uh, yeah. I uh, when I tweeted about it yesterday, I believe the the developer responded that yeah, it's it's Steam Deck verified. But I'll okay. double check for you on that. Go get him. I'm gonna double check. For Let's you. round out the Roper Report with story number eight. The Cycle Frontier is shutting down. This comes directly from the Cycle Frontier on Twitter, where they tweeted out this morning, prospectors. Today's news we share with a heavy heart. The Cycle Frontier will shut down on September 27th, 2023. Making this decision was very difficult for us, but ultimately it was a necessary one. More information about this, as well as refunds, our final patch, and more uh, than they have here, some bullet points in an image. Servers will shut down September 27th at 9 a.m. Central. All real money purchases disabled as of June 28th. Refunds will be issued for any real money purchases made after 3 a.m. Uh, June 14th, 2023. Uh, daily and weekly offers in-game discounted at at least 95%. Uh, free premium Fortuna Pass uh, and discounted level skips, and then the overall progression has been accelerated. So if you want to get the fast track of Cycle Frontier, you can hop in there now and get 95% off of the weekly in-game offers. But um, of course, this is one that I've heard Andy talk a lot about. I know uh, Andy, Nick, and Mike have played this on the stream. It's an extraction shooter. Mike describes it as good. It's a good uh, extraction shooter. And when uh, three out of five on the scale, Mike. Three out of five. Three out of five. Game. When I mentioned it in the office, I saw Mike kind of like perk up and go like, "Oh wait, really?" Like, uh, like there was like a palpable bumness that was coming out of Mike, right? Like Mike was very bummed out about this information. Um, Would it shock you that I had no fucking idea what this was? I saw, really? I, I like sleep, rub my eyes, waking up, and I look at the phone, and this thing's closing. What the fuck is the cycle? You know what oh, I mean? Cycle Frontier? You could have told me the Cycle oh, the Frontier just got announced. It. I'd be like, oh okay. The kids, the, the streets are hot. I'm on sure they are. Frontier. You know, there's nothing more hot right now than another extraction shooter but that is the glad here, playstation though. is embedding the farm <laughs> on extraction shooters and pvps and live services because yeah if a if a pretty good extraction shooter is getting shut down after seemingly like this game wasn't that old mike right like this game only came out like I, what last year the release trailer was from a year ago that was the one that i just played so yeah it was like last june so survive only just a year. Tough out there. It's super tough out there. Really full market out there. 
That's why Dave the Diver stands out. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Bobby from Console Creature, who was in my uh, my responses yesterday saying Dave the Diver is the perfect Steam Deck game. It is verified. It works. Let's go. Greg? Yeah. I'm so curious to see how some of PlayStation's extraction shooters that they've got announced perform in the market. But Not well! <laughs> the release? Hey, we don't know. We don't know. Well, I'm, I'm looking into this crystal wall. Not well. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's almost like if you put an established IP, maybe that would give you a shot at it. Marathon's established. I mean, it, Marathon's the one that might have, it might have a good shot. Say, the, the, the first Marathon this came Haven out in the early game. 2000s. On, this Maven, Haven game? Come on. Hey, Fair Games? We'll see. <laughs> Which I keep thinking is the name of the developer. <laughs> no, it's Fair Games by Haven Studio. Yeah. Listen. I'm so excited for Fair Games. I'm so excited to see how that's going to do. But the release of Fair Games is so far away. If I wanted to know what's coming out to Mom Crop Shops today, where would I look? You would look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Dave the Diver for PC. Woo! Apparently. Peko. For early access for PC. That's P-E-K-O-E. Uh, revival. Recolonization early access for PC. I don't want to be... I don't, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about recolon the colonization. Uh, four classic Sega we Genesis games. We can do it right games. this time. <laughs> <laughs> we can correct the wrong spirit. Uh, four classic Sega Genesis games have just been made available for Switch Online and Expansion Pack members. They are Ghouls and Ghosts, Crusader of Senti, Landstalker, and The Revenge of Shinobi. And then new dates for you. The Grinch Christmas Adventure comes out October 13th on everything. Gravity Circuit. Well, hold, 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 hold on. Hold it. Hold what up, it. What hold up, it. What this, up. Was, this was one that I sent this morning because mm -hmm. it gets us ever closer to the truth that maybe the Grinch will one day come to Super Smash Brothers. Mm. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was never the rumor, by the way. It was never, nobody thought the Grinch was coming to Super Smash Brothers. I don't know. I think what. I remember that differently. The, the real conspiracy here is the fact that. The Grinch Christmas Adventure is coming out October thirteenth. Not struck anybody as weird. You want to get you want to build it's up Halloween. Some hype. See, you want to build, build up, up some hype and buzz before the holidays, and then before the Game Awards, where they'll they'll announce the Grinch for Smash Brothers finally, because it's coming to Switch. He's now uh, you know on the Switch platform. Like at Nintendo least platform. wait for Black Friday or something. You know, late November. You got to hype up for the Christmas season. I feel like you're you're going too early. Anyway, that's coming out October thirteenth. Uh, Gravity Circuit for PS4 and PS5, Switch and PC, launches July 13th. Mordhau console version for Xbox One and Series X, PS4 and PS5, uh, launches July 12th. Air Twister is coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, Switch and PC on November 10th. Arcadian Atlas launches July 27th on PC, then later this year on consoles. And then Stardew Valley is coming to Apple Arcade on July 21st. Deal of the day for Plus, you. What up? I have a new date for you. Oh, what's up? Why are you cracking your knuckles? <laughs> You're not allowed to steal this tomorrow this with him. This scares me. All right? Okay. Don't steal this tomorrow with him. All right. But I've noticed something about you and me. All mm -hmm. right? We're great hosts. We are. Everybody knows that. Of course. But often when we're done reading, we engage, we do this business where we swing our arm over and we talk to each other this way. Yeah. Clearly, and it's fine, this table's multi-purpose and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But clearly, it wasn't thought through on how two people would be at this table. Right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is on Friday's show, Barrett's not going to like this one bit, but on Friday's show, I want you to podcast from that end and me to podcast from this <laughs> end. Because then I think we might have an eye line where we're not constantly you know, rotating it, our body. It is tough, yeah. Like, I mean, we sat here. But I also feel, I feel like... I feel like we'd, oh, we'd oh, be... Oh. <laughs> I told <laughs> you wouldn't like it, Barrett. I told you you wouldn't like it. But I feel like we would open up this. more. But like we're doing this weird thing where like, nobody looks good on camera other. like this, but like this... Talking to Bless, I feel like this is a better look. But then you're even yeah, farther not... away from them. and then Take it up like... with Matt Scarpino. He made the fucking desk. I can't help you on that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I kind of like how casual and cool we look. When we do look cool and casual. Arm over the chair. And sure. the, that was the whole point of like game, the Games Daily look to differentiate it from the other shows was to have it as tight as possible and have y'all as close as possible. But does any like other show put their host 12 feet apart? Uh, whenever true. it's just Tim and me on like a Star Wars thing. Really, I've like, never like watched X -Cast. that. Sorry. Yeah, like where blessing is, that's where I would like. That's I guess I'm. I mean, it still doesn't fix it. I'm still. I'm still. Yeah, you still gotta still look turned. over. You still gotta fucking turn. Well, we whoa, have an whoa, whoa, whoa! No, we have you an need angle. to curse. Nobody's fucking cursing. We're having a good time talking on shop over here. All the time, Greg. What you? This is so much easier on my back. You know, like I don't have to like, oh, do all the twisting. I mean, it might be why you're so limber though. 
That is true. Yeah, like it's getting a natural stretch during yeah. kind of funny games daily. I kind of like this actually. I agree with Greg here. Just no. Friday. We're gonna try it on Friday. We're gonna try it. Keep it on the gym the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> we got a deal of the day for you. July PS Plus essential titles have been confirmed. You're getting Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War for PS5 and PS4. Alan Wake remastered for PS5 and PS4. Will this be the time I play through it all the way? Probably Absolutely not. not. And then End Link Extinction is forever for PS5 and PS4. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong this is you such a that? perfect meme format for bless we go back to blessing that shot and then everybody screenshot it put whatever you want next to oh, text. Yeah. <laughs> i endorse whatever is written right here whatever is written here i endorse it 100 percent. i wow, gave this person wow. my permission to say these things <laughs> if, and i'll tell you right now if i was a social media person there'd be a lot of talk about revive revival uh, recolonization right there oh my god <laughs> Wait, put it back uh, back on me barrett as a member of Kinda Funny, Blessing Adioye Jr. endorses this. Cool. Let's see what happens with that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to go wrong. Uh, now it's time for KindaFunny.com slash You're Wrong, where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Let's see. Uh, okay. No, no, you're wrongs. People are just editorializing. We nailed it, Greg. Yay! We, we did it. I'll give you a high five, but you're so far so away. Far away, man. That's oh, the one downside. I can't God. touch each other. This handshake is going to be... I'll come over. Okay. I'll meet you halfway. Okay. Cool. Won't you meet? Maybe we should put the chairs halfway. Yeah. Probably, God. yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Make it easier for the handshake. Like we have it normally? Man, this We're is, this is art out here, all right? We're adjusting. It's something. All right, tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be Greg and Tim Ma and Gettys. If you're watching live, of course, after this, we're doing a post show where Mike comes through. He asks us your YouTube Super Chat questions, so stay tuned for that after the handshake. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily.